Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 249 and it is a weird week. So we had a lot of scheduling issues and we normally record this show on Monday evenings. It's currently uh, Friday night um, and just never got around to, to getting everyone on, on the group here. So we're actually sitting at my kitchen table with Livy, as usual, and my brother Dante, who normally can never shut the fuck up. Um, which means he's he's actually like grinning and trying not to talk across the table here. So the three of us are going to do the show around the kitchen table here. It's probably be a little bit shorter just because we're we're it's tired. late it's late we're a little <laughs> tired so we just want to get this out. So um, yeah, so let's go around the table and introduce who you are. So Dante, hi. <laughs> I don't like this. Hi, I don't like this. <laughs> Which is actually more of an introduction than you normally get from Zell. Zell's normally like, I'm Zell, I have lips. There comes a point where you're like, I've introduced myself 55 times and the variation starts to run out. Just saying. I say the same thing every time, it's fine. a pun of the week. A pun of the week? Yeah. What do you got for us? I don't have a pun. <laughs> oh my God. You, should, you should see when we play Final Fantasy. He goes in the 24-man raids and oh, basically just no. spews Final Fantasy puns the entire time. Some are so cringy. They're so cringy, but people fucking love it because they they're usually... They give them commendations well, because, at the end. It's like... Yeah, because nobody... no nobody Those raids are so, you know, mindless that everybody... Wants something to break them. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I think, it, I think it's a good you thing. You just hear all caps groan. Oh, yeah. But they're, 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 they're laughing at it. So that's Dante, the pun master. Puns. <laughs> all right, Livy, you're up. Hello, I'm Libby. Uh, yeah, that's as far as I'm going right now. I'm tired. She's really tired. I play tired. games. I'm tired. <laughs> gaming, I do, pro- blogs, I do project management, lifestyle. and I had very little time for the gaming part of my life, so feel bad for me. Yeah, this week was rough for, for everyone. Um, I'm Pokey Draven. I help host the show here. I handle most of our YouTube stuff and I'm uploading a lot of stuff to my personal channel. Um, but uh, yeah, so glad we could could be here and put this together. So my co-hosts are on their phones right now, ignoring me like usual. I think oh this my. is the greatest podcast. This, this is the, the best podcast. This is the distract. Prove it. This, this is <laughs> prove it. Come this, on, come and prove it. This is basically Pokemonologues and forces the others to speak at least twice. Okay. Um, so let's start off with something that literally no one has ever wanted to ever happen. And it's actually not the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, I'm like, yeah, I was waiting, I'm like, oh wait, what about Sonic? No, no, it, well, okay, so we saw the movie poster for Sonic at the theater um, yesterday. Wait, he's, he's just, he's fucking- Like, I legs. want you to imagine like some 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 girl's like Instagram post of her like laying on the front hood of her Cadillac, except instead of like legs, it's furry blue legs. With Nikes on. With Nikes on. Well, you know those are gonna be like, because you remember Sonic Adventure 2, he had, I think they're actually Nikes. Like, officially. Yeah, I don't know, but it's just like, like, see, like, okay, like, Detective Pikachu with, like, the furry Pokemon, fine. But there's something about Sonic the Hedgehog, which is just so damn creepy. And it's like, I see the legs, I'm just imagining, like, furry toes. Oh, with in the claws. shoes. And, see, it, and I, I went totally down the gutter with that photo. You oh, yeah, yeah, we walk in, we walk in, Who's you just... Hey, hey, this, oh. this is not a kid's show, but watch out. We're in PG-13, usually. <laughs> Let's just say the, 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 the angle of the camera and the way the legs are there makes it look like the blue streak going up the road. With something. Might be a little something oh, else. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't see that when I was there. Looping around the, gate, the, the bridge. 
But it's yeah. like, well, he had a busy day. Did you actually see the, the, the fully revealed art? I think that's that's, that's still a hoax. Like, no, 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 that's the official one. Are you sure? I'm pretty it, sure I saw some, some very convincing fakes running around. It was... It, and they were horrific. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, like, they kind of, like no matter how you do it, it's just going to be It's going to look awful. Um, like, like, it's going to be like 2019. What was a bigger screw-up? Sonic the Hedgehog movie, Fallout 76, or Anthem? No, no, no the, the real question... The, 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 real, the real question is going to be, what's worse, Sonic the Hedgehog... Or Doom Annihilation. Sonic oh Hedgehog. no! I, I don't know. I, no, the thing has fur. No. Oh, oh, but but the thing is, is, Doom Annihilation. They said is a direct sequel to The Rock Doom. Because that one was a blockbuster. No, no, no. That was a, it's considered a direct sequel. At least the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. They've never tried to do live action, so you can at least say we tried it, we failed. We're not going to do it again. Doom's like, okay, hold my beer. We're Are good. they bringing The Rock? No, no, no. Because no. he wasn't the same after Tooth Fairy. It's same. true. Like, that would actually be some great memes right there. <laughs> Tooth Fairy in the world of Doom. Tooth Fairy Doom. No, it's, it's, it, it is, like, I saw it, and I, honest to God, Dante sent me the link, and I'm like, this he's, is he's, he's been fooled. This is very clearly a fan movie. Like, it looks, it reeks of, like, me and my six friends went out into the woods and filmed our Star Wars fan film. Like, it looks that bad. Oh, no, no. Like, one, one guy was freeze-framing it, and it literally looks like he remade one of the guns that you can see in the trailer. Yeah. He made it for $4 out of PVC and cardboard boxes. It, it, it looks obscenely low budget. It looks like, honestly, almost like a, like a really bad sci-fi channel original movie. That's what I but, thought it was. Like, but, but, but not even, like, a good sci-fi like bad Sharknado. movie. Like, like, yeah, like, 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 so bad that it's good. This is just bad. bad. Yeah, like so, Sharknado or Mario Brothers or something, you know. Yeah, it was... And, and again, we have a Doom movie that doesn't actually have the main character of fucking Doom in it. There's no Doom well, guy no, to no, be no, seen no. in they there. They said, oh, the, the, me, the main protagonist is female. They're like, like, the, the whole point, if you if you have, you know, female, female main characters, fine, great, whatever. But when you're referencing something, don't... Make it, don't change it. Well, and the thing is, it's like, even if she's supposed to be Doom Gal or whatever, that is, that is not, like, like let's look at Doom 2016. Like, the, the, for a silent protagonist, the amount of character and emotion they showed without the guy speaking was so good. And you this is, see, this is not that character. Well, and you never even see his face or anything. I mean, you see it from first person. Yeah, a little bit. You can kind of get a glimpse of the visor. But the, the point is, is that, Whoever this character is, if they're trying to have her be Doom Gal or whatever, it is not the case. Like, it looks terrible. It's funny, because isn't Doom Doom uh, Eternal coming out this year, too? Yes. So we're going to have something that's probably going to be awesome, and then it's... Ugh. Well, and, and Bethesda <laughs> even came out, and they're just like, whoa. How do they... How do they, 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 they don't, own, they, they don't own the rights to the movies. Oh, they own the rights to the game. Or rather, id Software owns it, but then you know, Bethesda publishes. <sighs> but regardless, they're like, yeah, no, that's this, terrible. Like, they're just, it's so, and then most of the scenes, you see there's like groups of people, like military units and stuff. Like, that. that's not even, it, it almost feels almost like, like Doom 3, you know? Like, it was just not, like, thematically it was not on point with what they were Doom going for. Doom 3 was Doom. I mean, there was like, yeah, okay, yeah. well. Okay. I'm still stuck on Doom Gal. Well, it's yeah, just I don't care, but you it's know like what would actually be kind of cool if they actually spent some money on it. What about if it was Doom 
but like hardcore Henry. But it was all first person. Yeah, that actually that would cool. actually be pretty bad. I mean, hardcore Henry was basically that though. Oh, okay. like like honestly, hardcore Henry was like the ultimate dude movie. Not dude movie, dude movie. Because it was just like how like okay, spoilers for a really old movie for it has no story. He literally has his eyeball like ripped out of his head, and it's got this like long like like muscle tie to it, which makes no sense. He literally pops his eye out of his head and strangles a guy to death with it. Like it is so <laughs> fucking stupid. But that's why it's good. It's so stupid. It's it was good. so stupid. You know that was a date movie, by the way. I, I made Livy go go that to see Hardcore Henry movie. on my birthday. She's like, "We go to see a movie." I'm like. I want to see this movie, and you cannot comment on what kind of movie it is. I'm like hardcore Henry. That sounds it looks, dirty, but it's fun. Right. That's on Netflix right now. And, and the, the opening credits roll. She looks at me. and She goes, "Is this a dude movie?" I'm like, <laughs> "This is the dude movie. <laughs> the dudiest dude." No, like let's be fair. Like hardcore Henry, like it, it is over the top stupidness. It but, was. It was good though. But I like, actually enjoyed it. Well, it was. It was the. The, what they did, like having an entire movie in first person perspective, it was like weird, but it's some, cool. like some of the shots were very impressive at how they actually got those. Like it was all done with like GoPros, and like the stunt work behind it was oh, absolutely yeah. incredible. Did, did you did you ever see the original Doom movie with Doom with the the Rock? I try not to waste my time. There, there was there was only like one scene that's worth even talking about, and they did a first person scene. Okay, like like in Doom, and it was that's the like it's like. 30 seconds long, I think, and that's the only redeemable factor about that movie. Uh, do, do you remember, um, I don't know if you are paying attention at that time, but the Bethesda did the marketing for Doom 2016. They did a live action trailer. It was badass, It was really too. good. I'm like, like, like what happened the- to that? I'm like, give me more of that. I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah it's actually, like. Actually, no, we kind of went away oh, from that God. direction. And it's like. I mean, it, it featured Doom Guy, and he's got the armor, and it looked really cool. And I'm like. If you could do that or have it in first person, like anything would have been really nice. Still, Doom Eternal, like I just love that armor because it's like it's like the original Doom guy, but like with like the sleeveless and the in the gloves, but obviously much more right. So when when I, when I first when I first saw this, my my initial thought was, who's directing this? And I was almost certain. It was the guy that did the Resident Evil movies. Like, well, was it? Is it? It's not. Oh. It's it's um, Tony. Giglio, I guess. He worked on one of the Resident Evil movies, but he's, he he's not the guy behind it. Um, he's got a bunch of random shit under his belt. Spoilers, a lot those of like, movies also suck. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's a given. I think I, I've never actually seen the Resident Evil movies all the way through, but the only, I remember They're the first, completely forgettable. The, the, the first scene I ever saw was of the main woman, I, I forget her name, Claire, I think, or whatever. You oh, mean no, Alice. Alice, yeah. And they're in the middle of a desert. It looks like Mad Max. I thought it was Mad Max at first. Oh, this is uh, Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. Apocalypse. And here's thousands of zombie crows. And then she's like on a truck with a flamethrower taking out the zombie crows. What the hell like, is this? The, the Resident Evil movies are basically, if you take all the parts that made Six an awful game and took that <laughs> and made it into a... Um, extremely long series of movies, that's what you've got. Oh my God. It's like all the absolute worst parts of the Resident Evil game series. It, it somehow took a game that doesn't really have a great story. Like it's an okay story. It's passable. It's, okay. it's passable. And they made it worse <laughs> by just, oh, terrible. Um, so yeah, Doom Annihilation looks like absolute shit. Um, Doom Eternal looks awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Jump like on that's, that I, like, cause I bought the collector's edition when it was like, 
I bought uh, for I, 2016. Dude. Yeah, 2016. I bought the collector's edition of 2016. Dude, and it comes with the awesome Revenant statue, and like 100% worth that. But if if they have one of those, I'd heavily consider getting a big pack because Doom 2016 really was just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, no, it was that was good. So yeah, definite like a hard ultra pass on this, um, unless it turns into like a. Amazing. Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing where we basically just record ourselves shit-talking the movie the whole time. Yeah. Which, was, was, which is going to happen for Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, it's going to happen. Oh, of course it does. Like, like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah it's just going to so, be... So the real question is, is what's going to be worse? Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario Brothers movie? Okay, Super Mario Brothers movie is like a, is like a good bad. That, that's a good bad. I like that movie. I was like, when I was a kid and I saw the live action for that, I was like... This is awesome. I look back, I'm like, that was a bad movie, but it's still fun to watch. Oh, yeah. You know, they... It was, it was so popcorn-y. It was just... I, I still love the absolute favorite part of that movie is where he, like... You remember he's, like, on the platform and he winds up the little toy, which is the little bomb. bomb like, bomb It's like... <gasps> yeah. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, no, that's... We should actually do an episode sometime of, like, our favorite bad movies. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of them. Oh, oh Livy made me watch Alien Resurrection, so there's that. It had to be watched. We watched them I've, all. I've seen all of the Alien movies except for the Predator crossover, whatever. Yeah, but, like, yeah, we're not. You know what sci-fi movie that I've watched, like, twice or th- about three times now because it's so bad it's good? Sharktopus. No, 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 it's not. That's not. Okay, don't give me that look. <laughs> No, no, it's literally like if you chop. He's like, it's like Shark Week, but with more tentacles. If you, it, it, no, no, it's literally the whole thing is this genetically modified shark. And it's like you chop a shark in half, and then the back half has tentacles. Didn't it, you? Didn't you like in elementary school make a I sculpture did. of a shark to post? We, we had. I mean, yes, we had. To, let me show him a picture. Oh. Yes, for for a why school does it pro- have spines coming out of it? Right? For yes, for a school project in my ceramics class, we had to combine two animals together. And I just recently, this is when I saw the half movie. Half shark, half octopus, all killing machine. There's like three of them. <laughs> There's always more than I like, one. I like the photoshopped image of the girl on the rock being like, no, my well, hand will protect <laughs> me against the jaws. Oh. Hey, it's, 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 it's got to be worse than... Uh, oh, no. What was, what was that one we saw where the girl's stuck on the rock and there's like the overly aggressive shark oh, trying yeah. to kill her? Oh, yeah, it was girl stuck on the rock with shark. Yeah, that's the title. I think the best part about that movie is literally some guy like they're... They're... <laughs> Don't let me go down this okay, path. Okay, now I need to see Don't it. Don't let me go past the picture. Like, I, I, just, I just want to know why sci-fi has this really big obsession with tentacles. Like, we know the kind of people working there because now. Because it's like you can't keep track of all the arms, so you're wondering what they're all going to do to you. Whoa. I thought this was PG. PG-13. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Say, like... <laughs> Hashtag demonetize. <laughs> Anyways. Oh. So let's move on before this gets too bad. Um, so kind of a cool thing that kind of snuck up on a lot of us. I think it was kind of surprising that they did. So CCP Games, um, creator of EVE Online, actually currently holds the world record for the largest um, player battle in like number of players in a single battle. And it's a little over oh, 6,000 yeah. people. Um, and 6, so Eve, Eve, you know, EVE has got a lot of stuff going on. I won't even try to get into everything you can do in EVE. But usually the thing that makes the headlines is big, big space battles, right? Um, these giant alliances sending thousands of people against each other. It, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's, they have to take into account for the lag. 
Well, they have it, to slow down time. Yeah, to... well, we'll get there. But it's it's like it, they always kind of play it to be way cooler than it actually is. When you actually do a fleet battle in Eve. It's basically zoom the camera way out and track a bunch of little squares floating around in space. But uh, like what Dante was saying, like a big problem with the way that the Eve uh, server architecture works is that they when you incidentally put six thousand people into um, a small area, a small space. And you have all of these um, weapons cycling and that sort of thing, and you have to track them in 3D space, all the things they're doing. It's a heavy, heavy load on servers. Oh, so can't, their servers must be beefy as shit. Well, the problem is they're not beefy enough. Oh. Well. Um, <laughs> and so what Eve does is a mechanic called time dilation, which basically slows the speed of the game down. So like when you play Eve online, it's not like you're playing like ace combat where you're flying a ship around and you've got no. you know real-time combat. It's it's very cycle based, so like your gun fires once every. It's not an action game; it's more like a strategy game, really. It's a weird game, but it. it but the point is that it's everything's like on a cycle, like on a turn. So my gun fires once every one point four seconds, whatever. Well, those ticks going off are, is all server data that has to be processed. So if it's too much, what time dilation will do is it slows the speed at which those cycles complete. So my gun normally fires once every two seconds. Now it fires once every four seconds, six seconds, ten seconds. Depending on how much it has to slow it down so to compensate, battles can last way longer than you were expecting because your guns that normally fire, you know, ten times a minute now fire once a minute. So that it can take. So it slows the entire game down so that the servers have a chance to actually do to something. To actually function, mm -hmm. um, and it's always kind of been a problem for the game, it's kind of boring because you, you want to do stuff and it's like, you know, even some modules in Eve can take um, minutes to fully cycle. So it can take an hour, literally. It can take a very, very long time and it can, it can cause some weird oddities. And it's, it's not particularly fun. It's kind of like a, we did this because we that's can. what works. Um, Putting a band-aid over the problem. Well, yeah, and it, it also caused problems like when they were always talking about integration with a lot of the other games that CCP was making, like Valkyrie or Dust 514 or Project Nova, is that it was like, well, we want to... <laughs> it's, it's We, we want to integrate it with EVE Online, but the problem is the time scale isn't right. Because it's like, okay, we can have a... We can have an infantry battle going on as a ship battle, but what if the ship battle gets really big and it starts to die oh. time? Now, this battle that was meant to last about the same amount of time as the infantry battle is lasting, you know, an hour. And you can't slow down a first-person shooter. Obviously not, because it's a real-time game, not a cycle-based game. So trying to get rid of time dilation would make EVE more fun. It would also help to kind of integrate it with other types of gameplay. They would just need to dump money into their servers, though. Well, so what they've done is CCP has um, basically partnered with a cloud-based computing company called Hadean. Uh, Am I pronouncing that wrong? Hayden sounds cool. Um, and what they have put together is what they believe is this cloud-based system that will allow them to have lots of people playing at once in real time without time dilation. So what they've put together is they basically took a bunch of assets from Eve and Valkyrie and basically threw together a giant, massive space battle. Does and this include Valkyrie and, and infantry play? No, it's, it's a tech demo. It's okay. not, it's just, not, it's just not, to see if the servers can hold. Yeah, it's called Aether Wars, and it's not really a game. It's kind of like a giant stress test to see, does this concept Before work? they put any more money and time into it. Right. So it's a 10,000-person battle. <laughs> and they're kind of like, well, we wanted to kind of blow our record out of the water, so we just went straight for the 10K. 
so the idea is basically you it's 10,000 people and you're like flying around fighter ships or whatever and like diving through titans and crap and it's like get as many kills as you can in like a 15 minute period and if you die you respawn and 10,000 people Holy yeah crap. so the idea is like how stupid big can we make this because that's what Eve is usually known for, for stupid big battles so do they win the award for the biggest battle royale <laughs> Oh my god. Kinda. <laughs> I mean, kinda. It's 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 interesting. I mean, you have this this giant space battle, and in this technology can be really big for them because latency is always a problem, you oh, know, yeah. with these sort of things. And if you want to have games that are real time, like more action oriented, not so much like turn cycle based, you know, the Eve Online combat, because if you play the Eve Online, the combat is usually boring as hell. Like it's Well, for right, it might be exciting to some, right? It's exciting to watch the numbers on your spreadsheet, not actually play the game. Because <laughs> most of the game you play, you aren't even looking at your ship. Um, but <laughs> but, the, 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 but this would this would be a good proof of concept for large action based games. And if you you know wanted to to get as ambitious as that, you could have you know fleet battles with actual fighter jets and infantry, and if it can all run at the same time and have that many connections in the same battle, oh, you yeah. could do some crazy I'm stuff. Like, with if it. you could have literally an Eve player. Say, okay, Valkyrie player, I need you to fly this ship and drop it off on a different Titan, and that Valkyrie player literally opens up a door and a bunch of Nova players pop out. That'd be so cool. Yeah, and I mean, and that's that's kind of a lot of the dream that like Star Citizen is going for, right? Yes. They want that like single universe where you're a person, you climb into a ship, you pull out a gun, you you can do it all. But I think that CCP's going, we don't need to simulate the physics and gravity of your flashlight hanging on your tool belt. They you know, not. You didn't heard about that? No. There, there was a glitch in Star Citizen where um, the character had like a flashlight hanging on their chest. Well, um, everything in Star Citizen is, is um, calculated with physics. That well, the flashlight came undone from the character. And so then he decelerated... But the flashlight retained its momentum, and it basically... <laughs> <laughs> so the flash is bouncing around the cockpit and literally kills the guy. Because he's got a super ball! He's got shit flying around. So it, it, it's oh like... And, and honestly, like, some people think that that's great. Like, Zal is a huge fan of that whole simulated world. I think it's, it's the dumbest thing ever. Um, but the idea of having, like, a Didn't true... did No Man's Sky kind of try to do that? No. They're much more simple than that. Well, more so that you can fly around the universe and then hop on a planet and do stuff. And... Yeah, but this is for a big multiplayer, you know, um, sort of thing. And it's, it's honestly kind of like what... it's. I think it, 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 it it's not trying to deliver, but it, it gives that possibility of delivering on kind of a large, multifaceted sort of battle. Because you have to have a... Re I mean, maybe Eve, you can just slow it down. And, and be yeah, it works it, with ease combat specifically, but yes, nothing else. But like, I mean, you've had where your internet, you know, hiccups in like Destiny, for instance, and you it's unplayable for a couple in, seconds. Any any latency at all in an or action game can be absolutely oh, detrimental. Oh, you should like like Titanfall. I mean, that play the time to kill is yeah a quarter a, of, a quarter of seconds yeah. a big deal. And especially with all the running around and stuff, you have to have a solid connection. Yeah, so, so they need they need something like this. And EU doesn't require it, but I think the technology is definitely valuable to to do this. So um, at least they're testing it, not just jumping straight in like Star. Well, there's 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 a gaming convention coming up um, starting the twentieth, so you can actually sign up to be a part of this beta. That's test. not PAX, is it? No, no, it's oh. the fifteenth today. So oh, it's you, live. It's not. It's not open yet. They're gonna be doing like. A, they're gonna be doing the testing on the twentieth. At I think it's. Oh. Uh, I forget where it's starting at, but um, it's, it's starting on the twentieth. So if you want to sign up for it, um, we'll get a link in the description for the podcast. But you can sign up 
for Aether Wars. Um, PC, I assume. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what time of day it's going to be. They haven't given us that yet, but it's going to be on the 20th of March, so in five days from the recording of this video. It, is um, it like an Eve-like battle, or is it like a like what kind of combat is it? It's. It seems like they've just taken like Valkyrie fighter jets and just. So it's more like Valkyrie gameplay. It's not yeah, like it, it, it's again, it's just a test demo. It's this isn't like Eve two or anything like it's that. Really it's really just like, can we have ten thousand people functioning? And we just threw together some assets we had because it's, it's a test. It's not meant God, to be a full game. God, can you game. imagine the freaking servers on that thing? Right. So yeah, you can sign up for it. It's free. There's no thing. Um, there's a Discord you can join as well, and they kind of post some updates in there. So if you're interested, um, definitely worth checking out. I'd like to test it, but unfortunately the 20th is like a Wednesday. So depending on the time of day, it may or may not happen for me. But Dante, you, I'm not sure if you work that day, but you might have. I'm usually, off. I'm usually off at like noon or something because I work morning shifts. Right. But. So, I mean, I, I, I'd sign up for it. Keep an eye out. I'd actually love to get your thoughts on it if you're able to get in. Hopefully um, my PC can do it. <laughs> it's going to be pretty, pretty simple. Always oh, okay. um, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, if it if blows up, it's probably because of the server, not your PC. <laughs> so, um, since you're basically going to be banging that thing from every angle, that server, that Whoa. server, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when Jay's in the room and all goes to shit. Um, is Jay your cooler? Jay makes sure that we have some semblance of professionalism. It's pretty much like herding cats down like a very narrow path, but you know, it's it's we get there. Um, so, next thing up is Beat Saber DLC. Oh, hell yeah. So, Dante, what's up with the Beat Saber DLC? Yeah, long story short, if you got a PC VR, you can... For those who don't know, Beat Saber is just... It's kind of hard to explain without actually seeing... We've, your, we've talked about it on the show. Oh, okay, so okay, People fine. know what it is. So, if you're playing on PC, they have a program. I don't know if it's fan-made fan -made to work with Steam Workshop. It's probably a Steam Workshop mod. Probably. Um, it's called Beat Saver. Eh, funny. And you can basically create your own songs. You can create your own songs and post them online. People can download them and play them. Fine. That's all free. So essentially, you have unlimited songs and somebody's probably done the song you like. Um, unfortunately, when they ported it to PA Station VR, um, the issue with Sony is they're not allowed to add assets to a game through a PlayStation. That's it's, it's a legal thing. It's a legal thing. I've looked it up before. It, but yeah. Basically, that's why like Fallout 4, they have the modding thing on PlayStation 4, but you can only mod stuff using in-game assets. You can't add assets like on PC. Mm -hmm. Fine. And they, when, when it was launched, it launched with a certain number of songs and then they released one song and it was free and then they released another song from League of Legends and that was free. It's like, okay, cool and waited for a while, and um, uh, then they said, okay, we're coming out with a DLC so that play people on PlayStation can get more songs. And uh, what, what's the name of the, it's like Mechanical Cat or something? Um, shit, it's, God damn it. Keep okay, talking. Look, look it up. Anyway, Keep talking, I'll find it. So, so yeah, so it, we're it's, always prepared here. It, it's 10 oh, songs, wait. it's 10 songs for like 13 bucks, or you can buy each song individually for $2 each, so it's like that. Alternatively, if you do not have the game on PlayStation right now, I saw while I was just looking in the store, they sell the game and the DLC for a total of forty bucks. Yeah, forty dollars isn't too bad, honestly. Like that's the base game being thirty bucks. And like, it's either thirty or twenty-five. I, I looked on my phone, but it won't let me see the price because I already have it purchased. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is probably the most fun VR game I've played. Oh, it's been top of the charts yeah. for like. Because it's 
stupidly simple, lots of various difficulty settings. So like any, like my cousin, I don't want to be mean, but he's not good at games. And he could even play it on, on, on the, on one of the settings. And because it's stationary, there's like, unless the block, the act of the blocks coming towards you makes you sick. There's no motion sickness from... Typically, motion sickness from VR comes from your character moving, not from, yes, it, not it, from that. Because everything you do in here is all one-to-one. -one. It's, it's an yes, actual it's motion. Yes, it's all in, in... And I've heard people complain that, you know, the Sony, um, the, the, the PlayStation VR isn't fast enough. I can tell you, I played... If people have played the game, I've played the, the song Escape on 150% speed, and I've full comboed it. So I can more than play it at the top speed without having issue with the tracking. It's a weird flex, but okay. I cannot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but my point is, is that I've, I've successfully beaten one of the harder songs at the fastest speed. At expert with one hand. With one hand behind my back and the other. Okay, okay, there is a mode for that, so. I actually like the single the single hand ones. They're, they're a little more intense, but they're, they're a little more fun. Yeah, unfortunately, they're not for... The, there's some, I don't think the DLC songs have one hand because like some, like some of the bass songs, like all the bass songs have dual saber mode and then some of them have single saber mode and even less of them have no arrows. Gotcha. So it's, you can only play a limited amount. Yeah, but I mean, like honestly, yes, the original game is a little light on content. I think that when the game originally launched on PC, they were kind of anticipating a lot of player made stuff. So like, yeah, but here's the deal, like, there's not a lot of really great VR games out there right now. There's there's some good ones, but like this is a very solid pick, and it's a, their company's been very straightforward. The pricing model on the DLC is fine. Thirteen bucks for ten songs is a pretty good deal. And like I said, like I said, you can you can get them for two bucks if if you just say I just want this one song. If you go, if I love that one song. I want that one song. They right. go, okay, here it's going to be a little bit more expensive sure. per, per song. But that's that's how things work. And, yeah, and like I said, if you buy the game and the DLC all at the same time, the DLC costs ten bucks. Yeah, no, which that's is super reasonable. That's reasonable. And the thing is, like I said, it's a, it's a good company. From what I've seen, very very beat games. Yeah, beat games very upfront with their pricing. You know, honestly, seems like a bunch of guys that just kind of put this game together and it went, it took off, and they're kind of figuring their shit out. So, you know, it is an indie developer, but like, I'm like, you know what? For the, for this game, ten bucks for for a song pack. I'm like, I want to support them because I think what they're doing is really cool. So, I, oh, yeah. I, I think it's worth did, it. Did you hear about um, Steam's VR algorithm? The the tracking on that they had to tweak it because they, people were moving faster than they thought was humanly possible. Yes, because of Beat Saber. I mean, like, to be honest, like expert mode looks really stupid from a third from third perspective. Oh yeah, you're flailing all over the place. And expert plus, like, ugh, that's like a whole new level of crazy. I cannot even like half speed. I have trouble. Completely well, they have to make it challenging, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, if you've got a PlayStation VR, pick this game up. It's super simple. It's not going to make you sick very easily, if at all, and. Like any button, any number of people can play it without issue. Gotcha. It's very approachable. It's a fun one. So yeah. Um, so moving along here really quick. Uh, just want to say God bless Nintendo and all their weirdness. So oh, are you talking? Uh, see, see, this is actually a great episode because a lot of the stuff I have on here, Dante can really talk about. And I was even wearing this like spoke. He's, I, I literally have an right N sixty four t shirt on right now. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Nintendo Switch VR is finally a thing, but it's not quite what you were going to expect. It's, 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 it's the most Nintendo thing ever, because Nintendo always 
does mainstream stuff eventually. They just do it in a weird way. They're like, oh, look, VR is cool. PlayStation's got one. PC's got one. We're going to do one, but we're going to make it a little weird. Well, and this and this is a this is a, a Nintendo Labo. Is it Labo or Labo? I've always known it as Labo. Um, I think that's how they said it on the commercial. I've never heard of Labo. Okay. So it's it's kind of like what Google Cardboard was initially, where it's basically you can print out this plans, you cut it out of cardboard, and you slip your phone into it, and it turns into kind of its headset. But this is a little more involved because it's got kind of like goofy. Mechanics in it. Yeah. So it's like, like the stuff with the label, like you put the Joy-Cons in and you, you hold this thing up and there's the games designed around these attachments. Yes, like one of them is, I think, how they're doing theirs is very interesting compared to the other ones. They have, um, the base pack is 40 bucks and then they have two additional add-on packs which are $20, your, yeah, I think it's $20 each. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want the entire thing, it's like 80 bucks, which is a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but that's if you want the full experience. You know, If you want just this one, because one of them, I'm planning on picking this up because I'm a Nintendo fanboy, and I He's think got it that disposable income. So I'm a Nintendo <laughs> fanboy. I, I'm planning on picking up one of the deals, the other packs, because the only one seems kind of stupid. But yeah, it's like you put the Joy Cons in, and they do various things. Like one of them looks like this giant, almost like pump action shotgun sticking out of the front of your face, and you hold it. It looks you, so stupid, but it's so Nintendo. That's, oh, yeah. that's the amazing part, and um, I, the reason. They, I think the reason they, they're talking about why they didn't do like a strap-on VR is because this thing is designed for kids. It is not designed in any way to compete with any other VR headset. Well, because they're more like mini games than really full games, Yeah, right? they're, they're, it's yeah. not even meant to compete against, you know, the Samsung VR. So you, so you have to hold this thing up to your face the yes. whole time. Yes, and they said the reason they did that is because they're, if you've looked into VR, like, on, I mean, every time you play PlayStation VR, it says, Kids under 12 should not play this VR. Right. Because it can mess with their eyes. They said the reason they did it like that is if a kid gets uncomfortable or they want to, they can literally just take it off their eyes. It's and easy it to take off. It's yeah. extremely easy. And also it's easier for people to, because once you, the thing is with Labo, it's all mechanically driven, like mm-hmm. little strings and rubber bands and stuff like that. If you had a strap on VR, you'd still have to hang on to it to operate anything strapped onto it. Well, and the thing is also that most VR headsets are wired. Yes. And if they're wireless, the battery pack usually goes on the back of the head. But with the Labo in the Switch, all of that weight's in the front. It's probably really uncomfortable to actually have exactly. that hanging on your head. And, and like you said, these are mini games. It's like no way is it supposed to compete with existing VR. Right. It's just, it, it's literally like. There's no way it could. It, you know? No, no, it's, it's something fun. Sure. You know, it's just, hey, you know, if you're having a party, I suppose, and you're like, hey, dude, look at this. This is kind of cool. And mm-hmm. you, know, you play it for 10 minutes and go, okay, that's cool. You know, it's not meant to, you know, spend six hours playing VR games. Right, right. And maybe in the future, because they, if you didn't see, they um, did have a patent for what looked like a strap-on VR sure. for the Switch. Maybe they'll do something more involved. Yeah, I, I think this is probably a good way to go. Because I, th- I find, like, the Switch is is portable, but it's not exactly lightweight. And no, it's kind it's, of, it's, it would be weird, I think. I think it would. And, but the nice part about the Switch is it is all in one. It's a battery, it's the console. I mean, it's a relatively powerful console right. for the size. I'm kind of curious in how, I mean, obviously the Switch is not designed for VR necessarily. I'm kind of curious in the resolution of of the screen once you actually- I've never looked into that. I mean, you know, 
I mean, it always comes down to how close it is to your face. Are you going to see that screen door effect really badly or not? Yeah. And it may not matter for what they're I've doing. heard some people, it's like PlayStation VR, I've heard some people complain about screen door effect. And yes, if you're sitting on a menu and you stare straight into it and really try to look, you can see it. During gameplay, never noticeable. I mean, you're going to... VR graphics in, in the headsets, really, even like on a high-quality one, it, it's still, you know, it's still a little grainy. I mean, you're, you're pretty much putting an entire TV, like, on your nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're going to see some graininess, and that will get better over time, but it's like, it's it's workable for what it is. The you only know? headset I haven't heard, I've, I've seen reviews of, because I was looking into buying one at one point, and then I realized, way too much money. For the moment. You gotta upgrade your computer first. <laughs> oh, I'd have to buy a new computer. It's way too much money for me right now. But they were talking about one of the Vive Pros. Like, I mean, this is like literally $1,000 just for the headset. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's designed not to even be for home use. It's designed to sell it to some building and, you know, they'll make VR experiences like sure, that. Sure, sure. And they say, but those are, have no screen or door effect, but, you know, it's a $1,000 headset. You know, well, I mean, thousand bucks isn't much more than a Vive right now, so. Uh, Vive's sitting at like eight. Yeah, it has come down a bit. It, no, it? it's sitting at like. It started at eight. So it's probably I think it's six. At five or six Ooh, at the moment. Really? I looked into it at one point. Oh, I forget. Okay. I, I think that, that's that's not accounting all the fun attachments though, like the the wireless mode and the head strap and all I'm that sorry, shit. The wireless is stupid. Like I I know I'm sure some people will hate me for that, but it's like I think the wireless is stupid. I play my. PlayStation VR pretty much daily and very rarely. Depends on what you're doing though, because if you want to have like a full room experience where you're moving around more, that wire is gonna That's true. And and so I think the kind of games you're playing are fine with wire, but that's probably an intentional choice on Sony's part. That, that's true. And occasionally I'll get caught up in the wire, but it's like you just have to be aware that's there. And if I really, you know, I've seen people hang it from the ceiling. Uh, hanging from the ceiling is probably your ideal yeah. situation. Unfortunately, we have 20 foot ceilings. <laughs> But yeah, it's according it's, to Dante, he lives in a mansion. No, right. <laughs> vaulted ceilings in right. our house. <laughs> my twenty-foot ceiling with the marble <laughs> yeah. posts and my I would love to have a lower my <laughs> budget VR headset. It, it, it's funny. I accidentally in the room I play VR in. It's actually meant to be a, a formal dining room, and I was playing a game and I accidentally punched the chandelier. Oh jeez! I bent the chandelier and ripped my hand open. Oh my god. You are so prone. Don't I'm six feet tall. Like when I reach up, I'm eight feet tall. My hands is like eight feet in the air. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you you've had a labo before for the other games. What's the what's the durability of that cardboard that it comes with? Because it's a it's a it's an expensive stack of cardboard. It is an expensive stack of cardboard, and this is not a toy for an eight year old, like a five year old. Family, right. That you have to respect that it is cardboard, but. It's I, not like flimsy box cardboard. It's got some. It, it's some, it, it's some of the thicker cardboard, and very often things that need rigidity are is doubled up. It, uh -huh. It's like you fold it in the way to double it up. Yeah. Um, I have the vehicle kit, which is like it comes with like a little steering wheel and a joystick and this little like I, I don't even know how to. It, it it's just like these two wheels on the side that you turn back and forth, and it controls thrusters on a submarine. Gotcha. It's weird, but it's fun, and I. You know, but it holds up pretty well, but it's not indestructible. You gotta yes, be careful with yes. it. Yes, like, um, but when playing it, it felt like cardboard, but it didn't feel like I had to like you know touch it with two fingers. Sure, and, sure. And be extremely careful. Okay, that's cool. And in that, 
the, those kits come with plans where you can print out cardboard parts if you need to make new ones, right? No, they don't come with it. But I'm sure people have supplied them. Some people have supplied it. Sure. I've seen people who have, like the Labo Piano is one of the first kits. People have made 3D printed completely versions of that. That's so you can print out the entire thing. That's actually kind of a cool idea. Like the, There is some parts, like on my kit, um, there are some small parts that are prone to ripping. Um, and people have, again, go online, just search it out. People have made 3D printed parts. And you can that, just print one yourself because you have or, Yeah, printer. or alternatively, I'm sure somebody out there on the internet has printed up plans on how to do it. or And so you can print it out. I actually had one of the little pieces rip on me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't being careful when I was popping it out. And I literally got a cardboard box from the back from the house and I taped the bad one together right. and traced it out and then just cut it out. Okay. And it works wonderfully. Cool. That's the nice part about the You cardboard. can kind of repair it yourself if something yeah, happens to it. Yeah. And it's the ultimate Nikea gaming. Ikea. <laughs> oh yeah. But those things are so like amazing. the one thing I have to praise Labo for is their instructions are unbelievably good. Mm -hmm. Like it gives you a little um, animation on how everything folds together and you can back up or slow down or speed it up or and you can do all that I mean it's like there's no better way I could possibly think to do it you can manipulate the object in the 3D space on the switch okay. to figure out how like oh that one goes over here that's cool you know it's a very it's weird it's kind of expensive but I find it incredibly fun yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not your average consumer that's going to be jumping on this. But No, and like I said, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I'm like, yeah, this is weird, but I, I had fun with my kit, you know, right. just kind of messing around and doing stuff. Gotcha. Cool. All right. Uh, so the last kind of major thing I had, um, and we'll probably get into this again a little bit once Jay's in the show again, but Dante, you've played it more than Libby and I have, but just kind of a roundtable thoughts on Season of the Drifter and Destiny 2. Um, probably specifically the changes to Gambit Prime and kind of the, the reckoning loop that they've got going on and just kind of your your thoughts on it. So, Dante, I know you've like, you, so you, you played a lot more than, than we have. More, yeah. Um, so we'll start with you. What, what are your thoughts on Gambit Prime and its improvements over the base game mode? I love Gambit Prime because um, it's a little bit simpler. It's The mechanics are a little bit better. And also, despite some current issues with the Warcliffe Coil, they fixed that, didn't they? Oh, did they? I think so. Oh, okay. But but it, the worst, most just soul-crushing thing in Gambit originally is, you know, you get your primeval and they've had theirs for, you know, a minute or two and suddenly just go, and they kill it in like 30 seconds. And you're like, well, crap. This one, that's fairly difficult to one phase the boss um, until you have a couple of stacks of the um, buff. The primeval slayer. Yeah, I think that was... Probably the biggest improvement is that because I mean they, they kind of advertised it as raid style mechanics for burning the boss. It's so, kind of it's, it's literally going well, to who's raid. Yeah, I mean it, it's kill <laughs> it's kill two envoys then kill a third envoy, get a stack, go into a burn phase, rinse that, and repeat until things dead. Or you that, lose. that's the one thing is when I started first playing Gamma Prime, I just jumped right in and. I was extremely confused on how it works. Well, they kind of just tell you to jump right in. They, they tell you to jump right in because, like you said, you have to kill. You have to. Have, the the main rotation is is kill two of these wizard guys. Third one will spawn. Kill the third one, and you get a stack of this buff, which lets you more do more damage to the primeval. Right. Um, and I was under the understanding that you did not gain stacks like you did yeah. in um original game. But I was right. under the impression that. 
you have one chance of a couple of seconds to burn its entire health down. And if somebody invades you and kills you, you have to just try again. Start later. over. Yeah. And I was, I wish they explained a little bit better with, I don't know if they, they never really do tutorials, but I, I had to look it up online and watch a YouTuber explain, okay, this is how it works. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. When people random still don't get it, they do really weird no. shit. And, and it's understandable because I was there. Like, yeah. I didn't understand sure. that at first. Um, but like, I, whenever we played Gambit, I was always the invader. And having the invader set with like all these perks of like, oh yeah, the, 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 now when you're invading, there are bank locks and you well, Let's back it up for a second. So the, what he's talking about is that there are Gambit Prime specific armor perks yes. that you get Sorry. from playing Gambit and then doing reckoning. We'll talk about reckoning in a second, but it's, it's the idea, and they've added, how they've done it is also a little confusing. It is like, very confusing like, it, like once you start to get the armor pieces, you kind of understand how it all works. Yes. We, we won't get into the specifics of that, but... That was not entirely explained well. Um, no, again, I had to watch a YouTuber to explain it. Right. But yeah, the the, the perks are, are interesting. And I, I like, you know, coming from like um, Diablo or other games where oh, you've, yeah, got, you've got set bonuses. Or uh, Division, for example. Yes, uh, Division had set bonuses. Where it's kind of like, if you wear these pieces of armor, you kind of become this subclass, sub-subclass almost. Yes. Of, this particular game mode. And I, I like that because they could do some cool stuff with that for strikes. They could do it for Crucible. They could do some cool stuff. I think Gambit makes the most sense strategically, but the idea of armor sets to kind of give you an additional way to personalize and customize a character is really cool. Not to mention the armor sets look just badass. Yeah, they're pretty cool looking. So, so in, in each thing, basically, uh, depending on your class, obviously, that you have this set. And when you put on the set, there are these the gambit snakes, the logo of the snake, all over the, 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 the pieces. And those snake icons glow a specific color. And depending on the color, it shows what class you are currently playing in that sub-subclass. So for instance, the invader set is just this bright red, and I put a black shader on it, so it's like all red and black. And I just love it. I mean it looks just cool. And so when you like first start up the game, you can see, oh crap, that guy's got. A bunch of pieces of armor on the from the invader set so he's going to be invading us and he's going to have these perks and you can visually see ah oh, crap that guy's coming with a specific set right no and it's and it's it's good i like the idea um you definitely know when you're fighting against people that have those perks perks like it's it's a noticeable advantage and right now or i believe they unlocked it but last time i played gamut prime you could only have the first perk just due to time constraints or due to um, time locks. Reckoning Tier 3 is available now. Oh, okay. So you can week. get those pieces? So you can, but it's really hard. So oh, really? It, the, light, the, people, the light levels aren't there yet. Yes. And it'll come back to that on the Thorn Quest. But. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some issues with powerful rewards only giving like plus one to light people were complaining about. So oh, it was, I've, I've been getting that. Just terrible drops on that. Yeah. I think it's like, well, there's so many sources of, of powerful gear now. It's almost like... They want you to do all of them, but they reduce the amount you, the amount of a bump you get to kind of compensate for the fact that there's so many. Because before, initially, like when Forsaken dropped, there was like five or six powerful engrams you could get per week. Now there's like twelve. Yeah, if you and, take and like, I understand uh, that, that. That's good. I mean, if you play nothing but Destiny, only Destiny all day long, yeah. I'm sure that's great. I'm sure you can get all the things. But I'm sure a lot of people like me, I want to play other games. You know, I play VR yeah. games and other games like that. So it's like. You know, it's like, I don't, I want to gain light, but I have to dump, you know, 
I dumped a couple hours in the game yesterday, and I right. got like four powerful gear, and that barely kicked me up one light level. Right. Compared to the gear I had previously, because I didn't get to 650 before Drifter yeah. dropped. Yeah, and this feels like one of those, we designed it this way, but player feedback, so they're going to change it. Yeah. I, I, honestly, how I would kind of like it is, let's say there's 15 powerful engrams you can get per week. Mm-hmm. Like, have it so, like, the first, like, eight you get give, like, 80% of your jump for the week. And then, nice. and then the ones after that are much diminishing returns basically after the first like half. So I can still log in and spend, you know, maybe three days playing Destiny in a week, get 80% of my progress. And then for the, those who really want to grind out, they can really progress a little bit more. Yeah. But at least I feel like I'm not totally screwed if See, I don't play every single day. See, the thing is, you remember Destiny 1, when a DLC dropped, blues were dropping higher than your, you know, your raid gear. Right. Yes. And that seemed irritating at the time. Or not irritating, but it's like, oh, come on. You it know, was a little like, strange. It was it felt, strange. It felt weird. And they changed that for Destiny 2, so you don't get just, you know, crazy good rewards just because you're in the new DLC. Well, that's irritating to me now, too, because now I'm like, I almost like the other one better because, for instance, before Season of the Drifter dropped and I was playing Black Armory, I didn't play a whole lot of it, and I think I got a couple light level below the max. Right. Um, you, you guys got higher because you played more than me. I, I got pretty lucky with some yeah. of my drops too. And so I go into Season of the Drifter and I am at now lower than everybody else. And I tried doing the, the recent Thorn Quest, the final Thorn Quest, and that is at 660. My max is 655 right now. Well, And, and that's after grinding out some powerful gear. It's like, it would be nice if you just brought, you know, yes, it was stupid to have blue gear dropping at, you know, higher than your current raid gear, but it's like, that would also bring everybody up to, okay, now you can play, so you don't have to keep grinding even when the new DLC is out. Well, you also have to kind of think of the way they're presenting it as it's not new DLC. It's not like an expansion. It's we're kind of adding an activity to what you were already doing. Yeah. So you don't want to think of it necessarily as like... A pack. As a pack, you know? So they, they want to kind of have that grind continue, but I think I the way they've scaled the weekly grind is a little tough. Now, as for like the Thorn Quest... I, I think it's okay if they want to s- scale that kind of above where you're supposed to be because if it's, it's kind of ultra challenging to get it before everyone else. Yeah, the Thorn quest, I for, for those that don't know, the Thorn's back, fine, yada, yada, yada. You do some preliminary um, quests, you know, doing Nightfalls, Exclusion Protocol, Blind Whale, stuff like that, fine. The final thing is you have to do a specific strike with some modifiers on it and it's set at 660 which is five over the black armory Mm -hmm. and the issue with that is um it is the sabbath song that you know that giant shrieker at the end yeah and the modifiers are blackout so everything Everything one shots you with a melee attack Mm -hmm. and no and no radar then all enemy um elemental attacks do more damage it's like okay and then also um, the I forget what it's called where the enemies never flinch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we that's, died a couple. That, that's brutal. And is that always the case every every time you do it? Yeah, gotcha. Um, and I mean maybe the modifiers will change next week. I doubt it. Probably but not. It's, it's, usually yeah. those usually those exotic quests are fixed. Yeah, usually it's a fixed thing. And it, what's irritating is there's ridiculous events of thrall which will one hit you. Because there's wizards and boomers with because of their elemental buff 
will pretty much one hit you. Yeah. And it's like that's always frustrating. And we got through the most. I mean, the lead up to the boss fight was hard, and we wiped a couple times. Sure. But it was possible. Could we just went slow and you know hit behind corners and stuff like that? But the boss is just awful. It's probably just is it too much HP because you're just not doing enough damage. No. With our setup, we could survive very consistently to the final phase. Right. And in the final phase, with some other things, the normal stuff spawns, right. as well as two giant knights. And you need to kill those knights, among some others, in, previous, in the beginning of the strike, to get the credit for the Thorn Quest. Oh, okay. okay. So the knights are part of the yes. fire. Okay. So literally, those things spawn... Ogres spawn, crap tons of thrall spawn. The shrieker still bombarding. Oh, this kind of goes to shit all at once. Yeah, and 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 sure, we could maybe burn down one of the you know knights or something, but it's like we just got nuked. Mm. It's just very. It, it pushes fun and just like this is irritating because we were pushing it for like an hour and a half. Well, and you're also under leveled, so it's kind of like you're not supposed to. Yeah. You're not tall enough to ride yet, you know, but you're still trying to like, get on the ride. Yeah, it's just kind of irritating. That they're like, oh yeah, look, it's the thorn. But you have to be 10 levels of both. Well, and that, and that was a lot of frustration people had with Black Armory was that you really, even if you were max level, were not good enough mathematically to really reliably in a, in a normal sense beat the content that they gave you. Now, I think they were, yeah. they were really trying to compete that with with Gambit Prime because they made a big deal about like we've got this catch-up mechanic that brings you to 640 really quick but if you're already 650 you know just jump straight in the game like they, they wanted that content to be accessible immediately and it was it was once you understood it I think they're just having some troubles maybe scaling that initial push and in, in what feels good to players I mean yeah the, the main issue with the Thorn thing is not one specific thing it's just they stack so many things against you that it's like Come on, you know. Right. Well, you, you want to always want to feel like you have a chance, even if it's really challenging. Yeah, and when everything's one hitting you, even ranged and melee, it's like, ugh, come on. Right. So yeah, I mean, the, the scaling is a bit of a problem. Livy, what do you think of, of Gambit Prime? I know you had a lot of a lot of frustrations with the base mode. Uh, I think once you figure it out, it's okay. Um, yeah. It's just that ramp up to understanding what the mechanics are. Right. Uh, as opposed to the regular Gambit. Mm -hmm. So for me, <laughs> with my uh, very short uh, attention to the details, like I was one of the frustrated. Yeah. Same like, here. why isn't this obvious from the <laughs> freaking beginning? <laughs> why do I have to figure it out? I do like the why one. Why am I dying? <laughs> you know? I do like the one phase that, like, because you've been in those Gambit. Oh, it's a, like, it's a freaking yeah. slog. Well, it, three rounds is horrible. Yeah, because it's like, it's terrible. You're getting your, you know, and you just got to go through three rounds because if you want to leave, you're going to get penalized. This, at least, you lose. That sucks. Go to uh, go to a new match. Well, and, and what I like about it, and you did touch this before, and I think it's a big improvement, is that it slows the burn phase down or a long period of time. A lot. And that's what we really were asking for, some kind of moment of invulnerability or whatever yeah and and some mechanic that you have to do in Be, the meantime because so. you, you got it with the the ascendant prime the meatball. yeah the the the, the uh, it, forced, boss. it forced you to stop and you remember and we had a really else. fun game where we were like they were healing our boss and we were healing their boss and you know and yada 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 and it, it was a fun game because it lasted a long time and they were they were burning and we were burning it's like it felt fair well, and I think because like when Gambit first came out and no one knew what they were doing, that was that's when Gambit was the most fun because 
you didn't have these crazy strategies where you could literally melt your primeval like with well, one stack immediately. Like five minutes to melt our first primeval. Right, and it felt good because it felt like a true tug of war back and forth, where you're trying to kind of whittle the guy down and fending off invaders, and you were invading that was, them. That was pre-Forsaken, wasn't it? Well, it's like in the beta before yeah, Forsaken. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was and super it, fun. And it was really good. And then once people got burned down, it was like, okay, this is stupid. And so I think Bungie correctly realized. If you if you want to bring some of that fun back, you got to stop people from doing that insta burn. Mm-hmm. Because that was the only. I mean, we did it to win. Where you go, uh, chaos reach, blade barrage, drop a super rift, and just start emptying Ikleos into him. Ikleos shotguns, yeah. which uh, also has been nerfed to high hell. It's still good, but it's not nearly the only good choice like it was before. But regardless, I, I think pulling that that though the one round is good. It makes it feel like. I mean, they say high risk, high reward. That's not really the case. Yeah, not really. It just means that it's, it's a much longer, more intense match. Um, it is. And that that's good because, like, you know how it is, like, in Gambit, basic Gambit, you lose, like, horribly the first round and you, like, barely win the second round. You're like, just end this. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I, I, I like the synchro. And you still have Gambit Prime matches where you get absolutely ripped apart. Like, I went in by myself. Uh-oh. <laughs> and got against a four-step because, oh. yay, matchmaking. And, like, we got obliterated. Like, like I was doing the best I could, but, like, our, our like literally they drained our entire bank empty because we couldn't oh. get the we couldn't get the, the things off the plate. But th- that, that's also a good mechanic, too, though, the whole, like, because before it was you drop blockers, and it's like you could kind of ignore the blockers until you're ready to bank. Now it's like you need to watch that, oh, that, yeah, that cause, bank. Because you remember you – you like okay look there's like four small blockers on there and you drop a, a war co- a war coil uh round yeah or you blade barrage it and, and but now it's like you really want to think always drop two at least two blockers at once i didn't think about that until you mentioned it because you're like always because uh for those who don't know um in gambit prime if you just drop one blocker it's just a normal blocker if you have more than one blocker out at a time it will start draining your modes so you always have to have two in order to get the best benefits or like Okay, I've got five, and I'm like, okay, I need, you know, just somebody come and bank with me so we can have two of them so it can start draining them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even realize, I'm like, oh, that makes sense too, but. You I, want, you want to, you want to coordinate even, them. Yeah, I would, yeah. Usually with Gambit, it's just dump as many blockers as you can just to get the moats in the bank. Sure. And it also, I think, kind of helps to forcefully make the sentry roll a little more useful because they're. They're not supposed to sit at the bank and defend it, but they're supposed to kind of keep an eye on it. And they've got a lot of buffs with their set to specifically dispatch um, invaders and Taken. Well, what I like about uh, the Gambit Prime map, I haven't played the new one, the new one on Titan. They released that one. It's it's kind of cool. I, I I haven't played it. It's got these like rings that are spinning on the ground. Oh, do they? So you can actually jump on the ring, and if you time it right, launch yourself across the oh, map. Oh, really? It's oh, kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Anyway, or it can so kill you if you hit a in, wall. In, in most Gambit one uh, original Gambit match or maps, you could sit at the bank and more or less see the entire map. So not the case. Yes, anymore. exactly. So what I would do because I'm usually invader. I would sit, keep blockers off, when invasion came, and I would just kind of like shoot with my bygones sure. from far away to help you guys kill stuff. And then I'm like, I'll cl- keep the cl- plate clear, and then I'll go invade when necessary. Sure. That you cannot do in no, those maps. No, it doesn't work anymore. It's so enclosed. Like, you can kind of shoot some stuff, but you have to you go have lo- find it. You have lots of room for approach, and I feel way more confident in Gambit Prime to hunt an invader down, whereas before it was like, hide. Just, just hide, because he's going to snipe me. Now I feel like... I can kind of creep around. I can kind of get my uh, read on him and actually be aggressive 
It's way better as defender and, and now. Also, some of the tactics I used in Gambit are not possible in Gambit Prime. I think the Gambit maps, the basic Gambits, the maps just sucked. I don't think they suck. They're just too open, which encourages well, that, that the sniping. That makes them suck. Well, okay, fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm trying to be optimistic here. Like, honestly, like, if they use Gambit Prime maps for Gambit, basic Gambit, I'd like basic Gambit more. And maybe they'll throw them in the rotation. Maybe. I mean, it's not like... It's not like it's specific for, for I mean, really, the only change to Gambit versus Gambit Prime is the rules. So you could easily stick a Gambit Prime map into normal Gambit, and it would work just as well. Right. So what do you guys think? Do you think Gambit Prime is just a different version of Gambit, or do you think it's like an upgrade to it in I think it's ways? different. I, I don't think that... So do, you have a, do you have a desire to play basic Gambit anymore? Um, if the set bonuses were not there, and it was just... just if, it was, if the armor wasn't there, and it was just Gambit Prime rules versus normal Gambit, I would consider going back and forth. But because I can use that Invader bonuses in Gambit Prime, I'm like, I want to, you know, lock their bank down and go kill them and, you know, wipe all their moats and stuff like right. that. What about you, Living? What do you think? I think it's separate. It's just like Clash versus Rumble versus competitive. It's People just another freaking faucet of Gambit. See, I, Gambit, I for, for me, I look at Gambit Basic and go, what does it have that Gambit Prime doesn't have? Well, that's, and, and you're very prone to picking one thing and sticking to it. It just seems and like... it and going, I don't want to do that anymore. Well, I, I, just, <laughs> I just see like the experience you get from normal Gambit is still in Gambit Prime. It's just with additional stuff on and, top and of it. And maybe some people hate Gambit Prime. And that's what I'm thinking. True. Right? I mean, there's I mean, always preferences. I personally like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just interesting because, like, I, I kind of see it as, like, cause in, in game, they they clearly expect you to play both because, yes. like, there's Gambit bounties and Gambit Prime bounties, and there's yes. a Gambit um, powerful engram and there's a Gambit Prime powerful no, engram. No, if they had, like, a competitive, for lack of a better Don't word. Don't even go there. For lack of a better word, a competitive normal gambit where those set bonuses apply in that game mode, I would consider playing that because I'm like, that's something. Yeah, they wouldn't make sense. Yeah, but though. then you'd have the person who says, why do I have to play Gambit Prime uh, to get enough. the gear as locked enough. behind a mode I don't want to play? Fair enough. <laughs> I'm flipping Livy off because she's like mouthing Luna's howl at me. <laughs> And I'm like, I'll drag your carcass through competitive one of these days. Competitive sucks, so I've heard it's better now, though. But yeah, you don't you don't want to lock something behind it. It can be frustrating. Force people to play game mode that they probably just don't want to. Fucking yeah, no, I, I think isolating it to specifically that mode as a reward for that mode is is good. Um, <laughs> as for the as for the reckoning, it's the second time Louis kicked that thing across the ground. Damn kid, um, always on the ground. Reckoning was interesting. I, it was the, a little... the one thing that was extremely irritating about Reckoning, I mean, the presentation is cool. You, there's, you can see during Gambit when you're loading in, well, when you're kind of seeing, you're taunting the enemies, you can see the portal in there. Mm -hmm. And in and, and the Reckoning, you literally spawn in the, in the Drifter ship, and he starts up the portal, and you jump through, and it goes into that, like, mysterious zone. What is it called? Um, the there's Planes of the Night or something. Yeah, shit. something like yeah. that. And you go, you can put your synth in there to do your drink, and you jump in this giant pit. And that's kind of cool, you know, yada yada. It's, but it's really just a horde mode with a lot of enemies. Yes, like it's it's, just... that's kind of fun. Um, little things that are irritating when you die, you spawn at the top of the pit, you know, jump back down. and you That's really it. obnoxious. It's very really sometimes. Well, that's such a destiny thing. And the, the more you die, the further back you get spawned. Kind oh, of like just further giving you the finger of maybe you shouldn't come back and play. Pretty, pretty soon you're waving, at, you're waving <laughs> at the dot on the horizon. He's like, I died 12 times. I'm a mile away. <laughs> and and maybe... And maybe because it's our light level, which is most likely, 
but like the time limit was very tight for for when we played. Yeah. Like we we killed that final boss with only a couple of seconds to spare. Uh, you had like a half a second left. Literally, like, like, it, it like we zero. thought we lost. It I, think, I think we zeroed out, but it like, yeah. died when the, we the, the, out. the fuzzy math saved us. Yeah, the fuzzy math. Um, I mean, it was fun for like Orpheus Rig. Yeah, I, I think my, like I wasn't prepared for what it was going to be like. If, if I went back again, I would probably go with uh, Night Stalker in, in Orpheus Rig. Just because the crowd control, like oh, that yeah. that combo, I didn't realize there's gonna be that many enemies. Normally, because I'm thinking it's gonna be like um, escalation protocol or something, or, or more. Actually, I was expecting more like um, uh, the forges. There's not uh, a ton of enemies in the forges. Like there, there like are, the but but like this was like Wade. He's like here. There's 20 thralls, and you're just like, oh, I wish I had a boat right now. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I prefer the like forges versus reckoning. I prefer the reckoning. I thought the forge thing where you throw the balls. I think that's stupid. Uh, I was just frustrated because we were definitely under level for what it was yes. and getting trashed. Well, and no, we, we had a random keep leaving. Our yeah, our fourth kept leaving, but. And to be fair, I, I hadn't ground out my, my, my powerful gear for the week, so I was below what I probably should have been. Um, I, I think it has potential, but at the end of the day, it's a horde mode. It's it's honestly just there to give a horde mode and have be part of the Gambit I, cycle. I've always liked horde modes. Like, even when we were playing Borderlands 1, I've always loved horde modes. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's fine. It, it's fun to, like, you know, throw a Nova Bomb and wipe out, and wipe out half the stage. Yeah, I'm just know, saying like it's, it's nothing new. You know, no, no, it's it's, it's literally escalation protocol, but you stay in the same spot. Yeah, kill yeah. the shit before the timer's up. Done. Pretty much. You know, um, without the annoying throwing balls into a forge. I hated that so much. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they were trying to do something that was supposed to be cool, and it was just kind of like, okay, I guess. Like, I'm it not was really... cool for the first one, but not the third, fourth, or not, the second, third, not, and fourth. Not, not the twelfth time. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think we're probably pretty good on that for for Destiny too. Like I said, we'll we'll get Jay's thoughts on it because Jay is a is a self proclaimed Destiny fanboy, so he'll he'll probably have, right yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll have a lot of that, a lot of that, brother. Um, but you know, I, I think I think for the most part, season the Drifter is pretty good. I haven't been playing a ton of it to be honest. I've been more focused on Final Fantasy fourteen. Having a lot of fun with that, but but from what I have played the season of the Drifter, it's it's a pretty good I experience. Mean, how much was the season pass? Like thirty five bucks. Yeah, it was okay. So I mean, it's like you said, you cannot take it as this is a DLC pack. You're paying a you're paying a monthly fee that you're paying all at once. Basically, that, like honestly, because they know they can never sell anyone on that, but they're like, listen, you buy this for thirty five bucks, and for the next. Four to, four to six months, we're going to trickle content at you. And, and you notice that they they drop the whole Joker's Wild title. I think that giving it a title like that made people think of it as an expansion, like well, Curse of Osiris. Well, like calling it, because what was the season? Was there, it, was, it, was, it was Season of the Outlaw was, was the was first. Black Armory. Uh, well, no, Season of the Forge, sorry. Season of the Forge. But, but the then they call it Black Armory. And people were like thinking it was going to be like a Curse of Osiris style expansion. I no. think they're like, no, it's a season because like they have not uttered Joker's Wild for a while now. And I think that's a good idea not to call it a pack because that's not what, excuse me, that's not what it is. It's just seasonal content. What's the night? Do you remember what the fourth, third one is? Penumbra, which is the season of opulence. Interesting. Um, With Shax's unkillable drone. <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, no, I think I think it's been pretty good, but uh, you know, we'll definitely keep covering it. Like I said, I'm not playing Destiny too hardcore right now, but uh, I, I hop in a couple nights a week, usually and give it a shot. Played some Crucible the other night; it was pretty fun. Yeah, I was I was I've been playing with the Last Word a lot, having fun with that. I'm getting better with the Last Word. I did not like it at first, but I'm kind of getting the hang of I it. I think you kind of got irritated because the lead up to Last Word sucks. Like well, that quest sucks. And I remembered using it in Destiny One. It's not quite the same. You kind of no. got to get a feel for yeah. it. Like, that was my gun in Destiny 1. See, like, the thing is, that I, I mean, I used it a little, but I... It, it's funny because you always played... Uh, you last, always played the, the Last Word and you played Thorn. Well, you always played the Hunter with Last Word, and I always played the Warlock with Thorn. Right. Um, so it was... Um, that's um, why I'm so excited to get the Thorn back. No, the... the yeah, so the Thorn... The Thorn, I haven't gotten it yet either, but I've heard that it's it's good, but it's not over, it's not too overpowered. Like, no joke, when I was doing... The, the PvP section of the Thorn Quest, where you have to kill stuff with hand cannons or void weapons. Um, I didn't have any good void weapons, so I was using the last word. And I think I got killed by it a total of like four times. And that was about 30 matches. You, you have to chain kill with it. Yes. You have to get the buff going and then it two shots. People. And that's why I think it's very good for PvE, where you need to get lots of kills to make it really awesome. Probably actually pretty good in Joker's Wild, in, in Gambit and uh, Penumbra. Oh, that's why I was getting lots of kills for it. Well, that's why I was banging out the, the quest as quickly as I could. Sure. Which it wasn't very fast because I'm not very good with hand cannons, <laughs> but I'd like to see how fast you can get it because you're better at hand cannons than I am. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> all right, let's move along. Um, so real quick, I wanted to go over the freebie games for all of the premium subscriptions for consoles and stuff. Uh, so for PlayStation Plus, you've got Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered and The Witness. Um, you obviously know what Call of Duty is. The Witness is actually kind of a cool puzzle game. I might pick that one up for the month of March. If you are on Xbox, for the Xbox Gold, you have Adventure Time, Pirates of Enchiridion or something. Um, <laughs> that's from March 1st to March 31st. There's also Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2, which is kind of a Ooh, cool fun game. Um, from March 16th to April 16th, or April 15th, sorry. Then there's Star Wars Republic Commando from March 1st to the 15th. And then Metal Gear Rising Revengeance from March 16th to March 31st. And if you are on PC, if you go to the Epic Game Store, you can get Oxen Free for free. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting um, story based character narrative, so it's kind of a cool game. Um, but that being side note, do you ever play that? Event, you ever see gameplay of that Adventure Time? No, it's Wind Waker. Oh, okay. It, it, it's the similarities between that and Wind Waker are actually kind of funny. That's funny. Side note, no, no. Okay. Um, so you guys ready for shoutouts? Yep. Dante's going, no! So my shoutout is going to go to Google's patent for the goofiest looking gaming controller you've ever seen. Oh god, that thing. It looks like it was made out of, like, Minecraft blocks. It is the dumbest looking that, thing. That looks like a controller that was made in the 90s, where they didn't really totally you know understand what they how were to, doing. Like, yeah. like, like, come look at this living. It, it's look, so look how ridiculous looking. this thing is. Oh, it's cute. Like, that looks so uncomfortable to use. Right? Yeah. Oh, there's a little Mary Poppins. I'm not sure why there's Mary Poppins. <laughs> um, Mary Poppins, y'all. Oh, I see. It's and an she ad. Keeps popping up. So, yeah, it's it's a goofy looking controller, but uh, my shout out goes to that. She's Poppins up. <laughs> PG 13. All right, that Libby. That was clean. It was Li a clean joke for the kids. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Libby, you're up. What's your shout out? My shout out. Mm. Don't say worms. You know. <laughs> you were just complaining. Not talking PG. about that movie. Uh, I don't know. Is she commit to Dante? 
for being here to talk about stuff oh, I, for I, an hour. I, I have two. One to beat games, because I've seen a lot of hatred on online for this, for their DLC. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Um, and, and then the second would be the Nintendo Labo for just unapologetically being weird. Dante's a Nintendo fanboy, if you hadn't picked up on that yet. Really big fanboy. Like... Like, like, everybody's got their thing. Like, like fanboy. Like, like, people fanboy over, like, Fall 76, like, the four people that are fanboying over it. It's like that, but for Nintendo. There's that many left still? Uh, I think <laughs> they just banned number four, so I think they're down to three people oh, playing okay, the okay, game. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, they're, they're transitioning over to Anthem, but they're getting banned there, too, so it's just really, it's really rough. They just really don't want people to play their they game. They really don't want people to play their game. <laughs> Anyways, that's our show, guys. Thanks for putting up with kind of our insanity. Um... We're recording in a different spot today just for convenience, so I'm not sure how the sound quality is going to turn out. But, uh, yeah, we, like as usual, if you want to be on the show or want us to cover any particular topic, go to biomass.net, hit us up there. we are more than happy to accommodate you. But that being said, thank you for tuning in. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Great.